Hey guys, it's Pam. You are listening to We Are All Fine, a podcast where we talk about how nobody's really fine and that's okay. Uh, this week, or I guess this episode, I don't want to say week because it may not be weekly, uh, but this episode, <laughs> almost a week again, we are going to be talking about alcohol and alcoholism and I guess just our experiences with it and, you know, all that good stuff. So buckle up. <laughs> and don't drink and drive. <laughs> Felt appropriate since we're talking about alcohol. Yes, definitely. Don't drink and drive. Click it or ticket. Share the road. Keep with Texas beautiful. With bicyclists and motorcyclists. Look twice for motorcycles. Yeah. Share the road. And don't litter. So before we dive in, litter ain't glitter. Sorry, I had to. I had to say it. <laughs> litter ain't glitter. That's a funny one. Before we dive in this week, this episode, whatever day it is, whatever Earth you're on, I don't know. Do you, are you in the multiverse? <laughs> maybe. I mean, who knows? Everything is linear, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. You're the smart one. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you got through more college than I did. <laughs> I was a solid C student and I almost flunked out of college if I hadn't have dropped out before. So well, we're both dropouts. So. Also took algebra, intro level algebra four times and failed it every single time. They just kept shutting the door on you. Wouldn't Basically, let you in. They were wouldn't just let like, you into algebra. Algebra. Basic. They're like, here's the intro. You can stand in the foyer, but yeah, you ain't getting inside. Solve for X, and then you can get in, into the class. <laughs> I would be there for years. You, were. it would not be. <laughs> I was. It would not be like Goodwill Hunting for me. I would mark all over that whiteboard, and someone would come by and be like, "Is this bitch crazy?" No, actually, someone would come by and be like, "She just saw the linear equation of." I don't even know. She's a genius. <laughs> yeah, it would go just like that. It would. Yeah. So um, we're not drunk. <laughs> no, definitely not drunk. That or on just... any mind-altering substances. No, none. Unless we consider caffeine one, because I'm drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper cream soda, and it's delish. It is delicious. I guess I should say Dr. Pepper Zero and cream soda. Yes. I mean, you did include diet. Well, but zero, zero is, better is than the diet. nicer way to say it. It's true. It's true. A um, more positive way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, before we talk about alcohol, I guess you, how, how have you been? Good. Yeah. Good. It's been like a whole week, I, I think, mean, since I've seen you. It was a long weekend because mm. of Memorial Day, yes. which always means your work week is 10 times longer. Even though it's one day shorter. Right. Yeah. Math. Mm-hmm. As, we've, as we've discussed, <laughs> we are both very good at. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm in accounting, so I have to be okay with math. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So work was work. Mm-hmm. Kids are kids. It's summertime. Mm-hmm. All those camps and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oldest mm-hmm. daughter's in camp. She loves it. We're getting, we're working on her tan Ooh. with sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want skin cancer, but I do like to be tan. Mm-hmm. We've got like two kids' birthday parties this weekend. Back to, well, 
Saturday and Sunday. Just busy, kid stuff, having fun. That's I cool. mean, I sound lame, but that's pretty much it. Have you done any like fun adult things like watched a new R-rated TV show? I like... actually just finished my book for book club a month early. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. It must it was really good. good. It was really good. <laughs> what were uh, you Life of Pi. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's so sad, though. It's gut-wrenching. Yeah. It's really gut-wrenching. Yeah. But I, I already knew what happened because I saw the movie a long time ago. Right. But it's still, you know, it was very gut-wrenching. Well, what's odd about that book is they, he spends, the author spends so much time with them in the ocean and all that. And then the last part of it where you figure out, I don't want to spoil it, but also. I mean, that was the movie's been out for years, guys. The book, the book has book been was, out even longer. So it was released in 2001. Spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear it, mute your thing. Go ahead. Well, anyway, I'll try not to give away too much. <laughs> when you finally figure out what really happened to him, they cram it into like 20 pages yeah and the rest of the book it's like 330 pages Mm -hmm. of just all of this other story with animals and shipwreck and yada yada Mm -hmm. and i just i think that's what makes it even more devastating is it's so quick there's not a lot of explanation even though he can tell you exactly what a sea turtle looks like and what it tastes like and blah 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 but when it comes to you know the actual trauma part of it it's brief and like i said gut-wrenching yeah um anyway it was really good i i recommend it uh but r-rated stuff we did watch stranger things uh and i'm so pissed because my husband is like no these last three ones we only have to through episode six they're releasing seven eight and nine in july or i'm probably butchering this so we stopped i'm like no that one we can go to and he's like no you can't he pulled up netflix and it shows releasing july 1st and then I was on BuzzFeed and read behind the scenes facts. And this whole chunk is miss like huge spoiler. I'm thinking not going to be a spoiler because I watched the whole first part of the season that's been released. Ruined the end of Stranger Things for me, which is fine because I like knowing things before it happens. I hate surprises. Yeah, it, sometimes well, like I just started reading the last book of one of my favorite books book series the girls of paper and fire Ooh. by natasha nyan I, I apologize if i'm butchering her last name please don't kill me it's an amazing book it's kind of like memoirs of a geisha meets oh. uh meets like a uh, carnival row wow yeah okay. so there's like a cast of people and some are human and then others are like animal human hybrids and stuff and it's, it takes place in what would be considered probably ancient japan i would say um, the author is half Malaysian, so it has like a lot of Asian undertones, and it's beautiful. It's amazing, and I love it so much. And I've put off reading the third book for a really long time now because I don't want it to end. I was also so mad at the characters at the end of the second book that I was just like, no, <laughs> you that's, can suffer. <laughs> that's how I felt about Outlander. Yeah. As soon as it's, you know, the fourth or fifth book or whatever it was i i couldn't read it anymore it yeah just pissed me off i, I like, just this is not fun anymore i know i just felt like i was so upset at everybody and then like i yeah so no spoilers there but i've been putting it off but now i'm gonna read it i haven't started it yet well but I'm awesome that's something fun to look forward to yeah. i love having things to look forward to like that. absolutely so exciting oh and we started watching glee oh right <laughs> it's on disney plus yes. as of the first it's a hulu disney hybrid right uh, yeah i think so yeah i don't know i don't know they're all like joining together in some way yeah, yeah. like hulu i watched some outlander again i or no it was amazon and i signed up for like a free seven-day trial for stars oh, on yeah. amazon mm-hmm. i already canceled it 
because I finished it so fast. But <laughs> I'm going to have to get stars because they're making a prequel show to John Wick. Wow. And one of my favorite actresses, Katie McGraw, is in it. I don't know if you've ever seen Merlin or Supergirl or, oh, she was in the first Jurassic World. She was the babysitter who got eaten by the, well, she didn't get eaten by the Pteranodon. She got picked up by the Pteranodon and like dropped into the tank with that massive water beast. I don't remember the name. I'm usually really Did good with my die? dinosaurs. Did she die? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> but she's an, a really great actress. I really like her a lot, and she got picked up for the John Wick prequel. So I'm gonna have nice. to get stars to watch that. Nice. I haven't seen John Wick. It's good. Yeah. It's a lot of violence. Yeah. Like I'm fine with violence. I'm fine with gore. It doesn't bother me. But when it's so gratuitous, where it's just every scene is fighting, I'm yeah. like, okay, okay. There's only so much I can take. Yeah. I mean, there's no actual story. I'm sure John Wick fans would probably argue that point. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> it's just not my genre, I should say. Yeah, that's it's fair. It's not my Like, you're genre. not into, like, super action-packed things with blood and gore and dogs. I guess it depends. Yeah. If there's an actual story going on. <laughs> <laughs> you need more dialogue than punching sounds. Yeah, so the first John Wick I loved. Mm. I will say that. The second one I don't even remember. The third one I couldn't even get through. Mm-hmm. I told my husband, you can watch this one on your own. I'm good. It just was too... Yeah. Yeah. Slicing sounds. Glass breaking. Explosions. Yeah. Yeah. Just not my cup of tea. Like all those Marvel movies. Which I love the Marvel movies. Yeah. I'm kind of hit and miss with the Marvel movies. I love all... I mean, there are definitely some that aren't my favorite, Mm -hmm. but I'm definitely a Marvel geek. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am absolutely into comic books. 100%. 100%. I'm not into comic books, but I do love the Marvel stuff. Yeah. The Marvel universe. So should we jump into our main topic? Yeah, sure. I mean, talking about Marvel and comic books, it totally is a perfect segue into alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stark. The was man who a functioning him. alcoholic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also and so Robert was... Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. Is a recovered. He's a Substance recovered addict. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Substances. Rather. And uh, Thor, I think, had a moment there where he was drinking a lot. Yes. Beer belly Thor. Mm-hmm. Beer belly Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. We don't have to justify it. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. It yeah. worked. Yeah. It worked. It did work. It was a good segue. Yeah. So I do want to start this by, I guess, just with some fun facts. Okay. Facts. So alcoholism, the definition of alcoholism, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is an addiction to the consumption of alcohol or the mental illness and compulsive behavior resulting from alcohol dependency. I also looked up some statistics. Um, they The only ones I could find were for 2019, so I don't know if they just like skipped 2020 and 2021. <laughs> the jury's of, still out. I mean, or because it was COVID and they were like, guys, these statistics are going to go out the roof. Yeah, <laughs> so, true. But so in 2019, um, 85.6% of people 18 and older reported having consumed alcohol in their life. And more than 50% of those claimed to have consumed in the last month. 14 and a half million people of ages 12 and older were reported to have some sort of alcohol use disorder or alcoholism or dependency. And of those 14.5 million people, less than 10% received treatment for their disorders. So I guess with that, I just want to ask, like, what is your current relationship with alcohol? I do not drink. And I'm coming up on two years of no alcohol. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Go you. Yeah, I was a COVID get alcohol free 
person. Were there particular reasons or like a particular instance that made you think that you probably needed to not drink alcohol anymore? Well, I always drank differently than other people. I feel like I've always, because for me, it was liquid courage. Mm -hmm. You know, I drank to escape my like social anxiety. Yes, thank you. Social anxieties. I drank to because I thought I was funnier. I thought people would like me more. I felt more outgoing. All of a sudden, I looked in the mirror and I looked hot because I had that little glisten from the alcohol. <laughs> Your glassy eyes. Yeah, and my glassy cheeks. eyes and yeah. pink cheeks. You know, when really in actuality, I had mascara running down my face and my hair looked like I belonged in the 80s. And you're just like, I look so, so hot. hot. <laughs> I look so hot. Look at me. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. God. So there were so many times in my 20s where I was carried home. I was would wake up. I mean, I was a blackout drunk for sure. Anytime I partied, I blacked out. I mean, I would wake up halfway off my couch. I woke up inside my trunk one time. What? Yeah. My roommates got so pissed off at me because I got wasted at a party and embarrassed myself and them. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember what happened. But I woke up and tried to apologize to everyone because that's what I did. I would get drunk. Somebody would carry me home or whatever got me home for me. I'm so lucky I didn't get murdered or raped or killed. Yeah. yeah murdered and killed are the same thing. But, or, you I know, mean, I could have stumbled into a ditch and not. killed myself. I, mean, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just so lucky that nothing terrible happened to me back then because I was a mess. But yeah. so was everybody else next to me drinking. It's true. You know, I might have been the drunkest one in the room, but there were people pretty close <laughs> to my <laughs> same level. But anyway, what was the question? No. Um, I've always known that I drink differently mm -hmm. and definitely in my early 20s. Or that you like not necessarily drink differently, but like process alcohol differently. Process alcohol differently. Yeah. I think a lot of it too was um, in my teen, late teens, early 20s, I dealt with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. So alcohol in an empty stomach is not a good thing. No. And I was pretty much on a liquid diet of alcohol and coffee yeah. <laughs> and cigarettes. So I, it just was never a good time for me. And I just continuously dealt with shame. And then I had a big chunk of, you know, my 20s where I didn't really drink. I mean, I had fun. I, you know, liked trying new beers. I even had a beer blog. You know, I had a great time with well, it. Well, that was like, not... that's the culture, especially yeah. in the city that we live in. We have a lot of craft breweries around. Yes. And that could be said for most, a lot of places. A lot of large, and even my, small cities. Yeah. In my 20s, you didn't do anything to did, that didn't revolve around drinking. Everywhere you went, it was like, well, where can we get a beer? Yeah. Drinking was like a prerequisite yeah yeah but that but then when i look like now that i don't drink alcohol i have to try so hard to find things that don't have alcohol at the center or are you triggered by alcohol like no if you're around it? no i just don't want to be asked why i'm not drinking for sure that's really my main thing i'm fine not drinking i'm fine being around alcohol in fact i've been around alcohol since i stopped drinking mm -hmm. You know, and it wasn't a trigger for me because at that point I had definitely said no to it. Yeah. Whereas I stopped, I tried to stop drinking a million times before I actually stopped drinking and always fell off the wagon. Well, because you have to, like when it comes to, and I'm not grouping you in like the same group as like alcoholics or whatever, because I know that your experience, you wouldn't classify as alcoholism, but like it, you have to want it. 
you know, it can't just be because someone told you you need to stop drinking. And I wanted it. Yeah. I did. I mean, I had many breakdowns. Like I, I cried over not being able to stop. And it wasn't, I was not a wake up, get drunk person. Right. I was a, at five o'clock when I got home from work, I needed a glass of wine. Right. I took the mommy wine culture to a whole new level and used every t-shirt glass mug that you saw out at Target or wherever as wine o'clock somewhere as justification for me drinking a bottle of wine at night Mm -hmm. for the most part I wouldn't even be wasted after one bottle of wine but for me and what always was my problem one whole bottle you wouldn't be wasted I mean I'd be drunk but I wouldn't be now I get drunk on like two glasses of wine I mean, a bottle of wine is like three glasses of wine. Yeah. You know, a bottle of wine is two full glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I could definitely, and, but I was cooking and taking right. care of, you know, right. it wasn't like in, it was within four hours. Yeah. You weren't just sitting and drinking it all yeah. at once. Yeah. 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 You know, and I even Googled like, is it okay to drink a bottle of wine a night? And you would be astounded at all of the articles promoting this. Yeah. And saying it was completely fine. And actually, it was good for your heart and all these people that drink a bottle of wine a night. You know, and it was, again, if you're looking for justification for your actions, you will find them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Especially when it comes to alcohol Mm -hmm. in an environment where it is so heavily marketed. Yeah. Sensationalized. Sensationalized. Romanticized. Yeah. Yeah, Romanticized is like the perfect word. Because I still, even to this day, like I'm, when I think about like a glass of Chardonnay and like the glass is frosty or a little bit you know there's condensation from the coldness I don't miss Mm -hmm. the taste I miss that like camaraderie with your friends of having that glass and drinking and you know obviously now not drinking I don't have that same endorphin burst in my brain you can all imagine taking a drink of wine or whatever your beverage of choice is to the point where you have that first chemical burst in your brain where you're like yes life is perfect I'm so happy I don't get that anymore Mm -hmm. maybe when I'm working out but it's very like when you stop drinking alcohol or using any substance, things are so much more finite. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that the right way that I said that? Yeah, I, I think I understand what you mean because it's like, so when you consume alcohol on like a, a massive scale, it it falsifies certain things in right. your brain that your brain typically makes on its own, but then you have the alcohol kind of making it for it. And if you drink it a lot and a lot and a lot, it kind of depends on that. And that's where the dependency and the alcoholism comes in. And then when you stop, your brain is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I used to have all this like already here. Like why am I suddenly depleted? And it has a hard time catching up and like recalibrating, I guess, to make those particular enzymes or hormones or endorphins or whatever on its own. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people have relapses because you know they miss that part yeah you know and it's like the first hour of drinking was always the best part Mm -hmm. right it's after that hour where you start going downhill you're you're chasing the dragon you're trying to keep that buzz when really you're just prolonging your inevitable crash and blackout which was me yeah see i think my thing with drinking alcohol like i i still drink um I have drastically decreased the amount that I used to drink. I would definitely classify myself at one point in my life, definitely in my early 20s, as a borderline alcoholic. I was absolutely abusing alcohol. I was drinking like two whole bottles of wine a night by myself and not over a prolonged period of time. (laughs) 
Um, and then of course, you know, I was going through like a really rough time. And like you said, you have those friends around you that are drinking and their answer to all of life's problem is let's go get fucked up, Yes, you know, and that's just not, that's not a healthy way to react to things because then every time you have a problem, you're just like, well, I'm just going to go get fucked up and just forget about it. And like you were saying too, I feel like experiencing things through beer goggles or alcohol goggles kind of numbs you to a lot of it. And not having that makes everything seem like a little brighter, a little clearer. It feels better. You're like in the moment you're experiencing Well, you have to go through the motions. You have to go through all the processes that get you. And you you remember every part. Right. That's the greatest blessing. Yeah of no longer drinking alcohol is if I don't remember something, I'm not ashamed because it's right. like, oh, I just <laughs> legitimately forgot that. Yeah. And you don't wonder, oh God, what else don't I remember? Right. Yeah. Because I was definitely awake up the next morning, have to scroll through my phone, see what I said, see what I, who I called, who I texted type of person it was nothing ever bad it was just overly lovey and like and for me i think i and like i'm pretty funny in the tipsy zone and then once i get drunk when i was single i was incredibly flirtatious yeah because like that's why i drank i feel like because it gave me like the courage to hit on people in bars and 100 percent. yeah and it was yeah and humiliating um well it's the social anxiety yeah and then after the fact you know I would feel even more humiliated because I don't remember what I said to them or like how I was even acting or it's just embarrassing. Um, Yeah, I still I'm still cringing over. It's like going back and like reading shit that you posted on the Internet when you were a teenager and being like, oh, God, I delete that shit when it comes up on my memories on Facebook. I delete it. I don't don't need to be remembered. Well, good. Yeah, I got rid of that because I got tired of people messaging me on Facebook and then me seeing them like a year later and then being like, why haven't I heard from you? I messaged you on (laughs) Facebook. And I'm like, I don't ever get on Facebook. You have my phone number. Just call me. I'm one of those people that you can still call and I will answer the phone. Facebook is a dying platform anyway. well that's good because isn't it called something stupid now no uh, i meta i think it's oh, like God. a conglomerate of different factions of i don't know honestly i don't pay attention i'm only on there because i've got so many friends around the country right that i like to keep up with them or at yeah. least see my wife is on it because for work she works in the tech industry so she's obviously on the fb and she also is a part of our neighborhood group which is fun because, yeah, you know, they have that too. Yeah, they post really cool things. And Oh, I thought you were about to say stupid because ours post really stupid shit. Oh, our neighborhood is actually really awesome. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's great. Well, ours is just very, there are a lot of old people. So they think oh, everyone yeah. is. Yeah. Well, because you live with all the people who had kids 30 years ago that mm-hmm. are now adults. Yeah, and which I like because our neighborhood there. is quiet. Yeah. It's very quiet. Yeah. But yeah, so back to <laughs> the drink, drink, hand. drink, drink, drunk. I have some questions. Uh, I already asked that one. I already asked that one. We talked about the shame hangover kind of briefly, I feel like. That's the worst part. That that was the worst part for me. I always, no matter if I remembered everything, I would still wake up feeling absolutely dreadful. I would feel so guilty. I would feel so embarrassed, so humiliated. Like even recently, I will ask my wife like, oh my God, did I say anything stupid? Did I do anything stupid? Did I embarrass myself? And she was like, no, you're fine. You were fine. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) It's the worst though. I spent at least two years doing that to my husband before I finally stopped the drink. Yeah. For me, I deal with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. 
And so drinking was just throwing gasoline on an already lit fire I mean, and it letting is it a explode. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it just chemically really fucked me up. And it's so crazy too to like, I feel like most people don't understand the correlation between drinking excessive amounts of alcohol and how bad you feel. Like they are just like, oh, it's just a hangover. And then they continue to go through their days, even when they're not hungover, still feeling shitty. And like, I, it's just sad that they don't realize like the fact that alcohol is probably contributing to that. Just like when people smoke cigarettes or and they feel really shitty and it's like well yeah you just sat and smoked like five cigarettes in a row of course you feel shitty you know and it's just one of those things where it's not until you have that oh my god moment where you're like well maybe this has something to do with this but that's part of it is once you know there's no turning back like as soon as i knew that i had an issue with drinking because to go back to your story about how you were borderline alcoholic. Yeah. I mean, definitely for me too. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of my drinking. So this is what happened for me. The pandemic escalated everything very quickly. Um, Within a sure ma- like two or three months, yeah. I was no longer drinking after the pandemic started. I have a full-time job. I've got two young children. My husband is also full-time parent. I mean, a worker. He has a full-time job. And we're very 50-50 with our parenting and our job jobs didn't cease to exist right. when the pandemic started. We we're very lucky in that and you had aspect. to figure out a way to work at home with, right, two, children with two children under the age of yeah. like five. They were yeah, both the under time. the age of yeah. five. Yeah. Um, so it was very crazy, very hectic. And so to deal with that, you know, happy hour became earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, I was definitely taking shots of vodka, you know, in the morning just to get me going, not yeah. drunk, but like to get over the hangover so that I could get going. Right. And And at the time, I was already feeling like a really shitty, shitty mother and wife because I was taking out all of my aggression with work being so busy on them and then apologizing. And then, you know, it was just a very tough time. And it's crazy that it was all within two or three months Mm -hmm. that all of that kind of just escalated. And I even told my husband, like, I'm about to have a mental breakdown. I can't take this anymore. I but then I felt shame you know for that because I had friends that literally had no job anymore because they were in the service industry or their small startup had to shut down because there was no way for them to survive so I kept all these things hidden deep down inside because I felt guilty for complaining and felt guilty because I was so glug 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 I would just drink to suppress it and at the end for me drinking was my medicine Mm -hmm. because I did I did feel better at the end there it did help for a little bit until you know it didn't yeah because that's the dependency like that's literally the chemical reaction Mm -hmm. of the alcohol making you feel better yeah and then you know when you don't have it in your system feeling like shit and needing the alcohol and i I think for me at that point too the idea of never drinking again was very foreign and like what like i was the person if i heard someone didn't drink i was like i don't trust them like who i don't trust a person that don't drink right (laughs) you know and so like the idea of never being able to have a drink at a wedding or you know I'm like thinking of all these places that I would have a drink at brunch I can't have bottomless mimosas (laughs) or whatever the case may be whatever the drink was at first you know and and in my mind it wasn't oh you know I can give up the excessive part of it but I can't give up the romantic side of it together yeah like my husband can't cook us steaks and us drink this fancy peppery black or um you know whatever wine Mm -hmm. it's definitely a change it was worth it it was what i needed yeah not everybody has to stop drinking but for me alcohol is 
it's just bad for me. Yeah. It's hard to tell too, like when you might have a problem with alcohol because there's so much stigma around it. And like you've mentioned, you know, it's hard to find people or events or places or, you know, anything that doesn't just absolutely resolve, revolve around drinking alcohol, maybe not getting drunk all the time, but at least the consumption of alcohol. And so it makes it harder to admit to yourself alone, let alone anybody else that you might have a problem. It makes it feel more uncomfortable to express the fact that you have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol because you see so many people around you apparently like from the outside looking in to be handling their shit when in reality they also have probably an issue with it too you know like if you see someone sit down for dinner at a restaurant and they pound back five beers like that's not normal that's excessive yeah yeah i would say that's excessive like i'm not judging you but five beers at a restaurant is excessive um if it's like if you're but are they just out for a good time and they never get to do this and they never drink and i mean if that's that's what i used to say yeah like i never get to do this yeah i mean and like sure you know like sure if you're not getting drunk every day or maybe it's just like a couple of times a week where you binge and black out or whatever. Like that's still kind of an issue. Like if every single time you drink, you black out, that's an issue. That is an issue. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I just, it's so black and white. Obviously if you're drinking and blacking out all the time, that's not a good thing. But you know, I really feel like they need to update the, cause when I would Google, you know, hungover, am I an alcoholic? Am mm-hmm. I, you know, what is too much? You'd have so many conflicting things or like the CDC or whoever I'm FDA, whoever is like, you know, a woman, if they drink more than two to three drinks a week, they I'm just like make two to so three drinks a week. Scientific. Yeah. What? Yeah. Two to three drinks a day. I would think a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that was insane to me. I was like, well, anyone I, everyone I know is an alcoholic. Yeah. If they're, you know, basing it off of this bullshit. Right. I think for me, if you find yourself Google searching, am I an alcoholic? <laughs> you're probably an alcoholic. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not calling you an alcoholic because, I mean, you're not currently. I would consider you recovered. I mean, or just sober. I mean, I don't want to say sober because I don't know if you so partake in other So here's things. the deal. I don't relate to the word alcoholic. So tell me what an alcoholic looks like to you. Someone that's an alcoholic has a severe dependency. They are sneaking it at work. They are um, lying to their family nonstop about whether or not they're drinking. No, I don't like this. I mean, I wasn't like, I'm not trying to well, get you. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like a textbook yeah. thing. I, I mean, and, but it's not like, that's the whole thing is that it's not textbook. Like it is different. There is no one particular, like perfect example of an alcoholic because there's a, a spectrum. Okay. Well, here's the thing. And once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I disagree with that. That's what people say though. Yeah. In AA. Yeah, it is true. I mean, they but say, I, once you're an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And I just, I don't believe that. Yeah. I do disagree I think with that. that. You know, I had an eating disorder Mm -hmm. I am not forever ridden with an eating disorder I'm not it's not a part of me alcoholic anonymous or people that it makes it their identity yes and that's not me no 
No. I'm not an and alcoholic. I, and I, I, honestly... I was addicted to the rush of endorphins that I got that made me feel better about myself. And it lasted for about 20 minutes each time. And then I was continuously chasing it. For me, I needed to be on real medication that was helping me with my chemical imbalances. And I needed a real doctor telling me what was going on in my brain. Mm-hmm. Instead, I was taking care of everybody else around me, making sure everybody else was happy, making sure everybody else was fed and this and that and completely neglecting myself and going to the easiest option, which was alcohol to make me in a better mood so that I could play with my children and not be irritated because I'm still thinking about this Mm -hmm. or I have anxiety over that. Yeah. You know, there were real issues bubbling within me that I had neglected for a long time. And alcohol was my solution because I was using it as medicine. You were self-medicating. I was self-medicating. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary people brings us, I feel like, full circle to the stigma that surrounds mental health. Mm -hmm. Because had you known that the way that you were feeling was because you had a chemical imbalance, because you were depressed, because you had anxiety disorder. And I was using a depressant to try to fix that. Yeah. And it It wasn't making it worse. Right. Exactly. Because you didn't know. All you knew is that you were trying to I was trying to make ends meet. Yeah. You were trying to get through the day and you were trying to do your best and like make yourself feel capable of achieving that. Right. And like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I feel like somebody that relates to the word alcoholic Mm -hmm. fears that if they ever touch it again it will ruin their life well because that's also like the treatment like it is fear-mongering basically like they scare you to death and for some addicts i feel like that 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 is a pretty okay tactic like heroin addicts if and and again i'm not bashing the way people get sober if that is how you need what you need to get sober get sober The thing that pisses me off is that, you know, it's blaming the alcohol, creating this... Or it's blaming the person. Uh, Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's... Yeah. Right. Blaming the person and not the alcohol. Exactly. It's your fault. You have character defects that make it worse for you. That why... It's definitely not the corporations, the government, and our society shoving it down our throat like it's supposed to be a completely normal thing. Right. To be able to consume massive amounts of alcohol. Like just slapping a drink responsibly sticker on something does not absolve you of literally like people don't even drive responsibly sober no i mean no they don't i see so many stupid people on the road and i can't I'm even sure walk had responsibly yeah. <laughs> i will accidentally run right into people and, yeah you know just know if you're standing next to me and we're walking down the street i will run into you and it's not on purpose it's just because i can't walk in a straight line right right but no for me i am not an alcoholic because one i don't even think about alcohol anymore people mm-hmm. that are alcoholics are constantly it is like having always to like push it down. Head. It's in the back yeah. of their mind. What if this? What if that? I don't, you know, I don't know what the fix was for me. I don't know why I was able to stop drinking and be fine. Right. And once I went through the detox or, and it wasn't even a full detox because at that point I was only drinking on the weekends mm-hmm. when I finally quit, quit. Yeah. Um, and I think that also too, like it is different because, you know, I, one of my old roommates, is an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and he is one of those people where it's like always in the back of his mind it's always in the back of my mind i mean he's relapsed so many times and he's one of those people that just like constantly makes excuses for his behavior and like tries to like i mean his most latest relapse probably a little over a year ago which you know congratulations to him for making it another year was over cooking wine 
he just had cooking wine and instead of cooking with it, he ended up drinking the whole bottle. And then that led to him getting two bottles of vodka and drinking all of those within like 24 hours. And it was, you know, that was a landslide. And then he was the type of person that would drink like two liters of hard liquor every day. And like, that is definitely something that I would qualify as like full blown alcoholism. Right. You know, because, and then because he was drinking it so high concentrated and so often, I think that his dependency was both mental, habitual and chemical. Right. And therefore makes it more difficult because he does always have it in the back of his mind and right. is constantly having to push it down. You know, look, I'm not trying to say he's worse off than me or I wasn't well, that bad. Well, and it's bad. like I said, it's a spectrum. I think what it comes down to is alcohol is a highly addictive stu- substance yes. that is poison. It is literally poison. It's literally poison. And it's marketed like candy. like Or like perfume perfume or oh <laughs> they just make it sexy yes like every alcohol commercial is sexy or something or just stupid or all about sports and you know it's just it's it's capitalism it's the patriarchy i just feel like there's another way to address it i just something has got to change well they need to stop tackling it with like the one solution fits all kind of process which is getting better there are a lot more resources that aren't just aa i happen to believe that like group meetings work Mm -hmm. a lot Um, i think it's important the fellowship and that's what i was lacking when i first stopped drinking alcohol is i i desperately wanted somebody else that didn't drink alcohol mm -hmm. to relate with another mom like i would have killed to have a mom that wasn't drinking that had kids that we could get together and figure out fun things to do and who related with you like maybe not the same experiences i don't necessarily want to get together with sober people and talk about sobriety right i just want it to be you know sure if that comes up i would love to talk about it but i think at this point in my life i'm just trying to surround myself with people where that's not an issue it's Mm -hmm. a Mm non-issue you know or it's not like well for example a really cool thing we were supposed to go to this event but it got rained out and it was at this brewery where they have a whole list of non-alcoholic drinks that's amazing yeah and they even say na and it's got like mocktails and they even had na beers or something like that and a bunch of different coffee drinks and stuff like that and i was so stoked because i could get it get a drink and nobody there would necessarily know if i was drinking or not so it would be a non-issue or if they did i could just be like oh it's coffee i need caffeine right because i'm I guess a closeted non-drinker at the moment. And that's so silly. I'm so sorry that you feel like that. Like you feel peer pressured by people around you to drink or just like... peer pressured to drink. It's more of... Judged as to why you don't drink. No, it's the questions. And it's... I'm just not as open. I don't want to say I'm sober because it automatically means something bad happened or it makes people think... were an alcoholic. Yeah, Yeah. think that something terrible happened and there's this huge story and then... I guess I'm afraid they're going to start thinking about all the times they were around me when I was drinking and, oh, yeah, there were signs, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just, I'm afraid of being judged. I'm afraid of being thought of as different because I feel like whether or not this came across, I felt like I was very good at curating this image for myself. I was very high functioning and um, I tried really hard in everything I did so that if I did have a flaw or a hiccup or something like that, it was less noticeable because it was like well she does all these other things that are really great so you know her getting drunk it's because she's exhausted she's a great mom and a great wife and you know has a career blah 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 so I feel like 
I don't want to pop this bubble for people. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's none of their business. <laughs> you say that it's I not know. that easy. I know. And I mean, you can't, my, so my wife is not a drinker. She rarely ever drinks alcohol. And when she does feel like she wants a beer, she'll get it and have two sips and be like, eh. And then, you know, I get her beer. And I don't know, maybe it's just easier for her because she has kind of always been like that or people expect it of her. Right. Because, like, I don't think that you or our brother or our family ever, like, thought it was weird that she didn't really drink at all. But, like, I don't know. I See, I remember drinking. Yeah. I mean, she has sometimes. So I don't. But I guess it was never, like, a big deal. Or she just like, I guess I should say too, with our family, I don't have these problems or these thoughts. Yeah. It's with my friend group that I had before the pandemic and now we're all used to drink with and, or that I drink more than, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that I know have seen me drunk before and I just feel stupid. Well, I appreciate businesses starting to like tailor to the non-alcohol drinker crowd. Yeah. Like whether it's because you're diabetic, whether it's because you had a parent who was an alcoholic and you just don't want to touch the stuff or you just don't like it. Like there's reasons all across the board for people not to drink. Um, But yeah, no, I was so excited to go. Yeah, that's incredible. And I've had a lot of non-alcoholic beers that are actually pretty good. See, I don't like NA stuff. I would rather eat dessert or... Right, because it's calories. Drink coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't care. And it just lends to the fact that I didn't ever care about the taste. I was right. just caring about the chemical about part the of feeling. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I think back about being drunk or being tipsy, like it makes me nauseous thinking about like, oh, that really wasn't a good feeling. Yeah. It was just the chemicals that I wanted, not the, mm-hmm. and only not about, anything else that came with yeah, it. Yeah. And only about like five minutes of that experience is actually truly enjoyable. <laughs> right. But that's what I was saying. It's really yeah. the first hour of hanging out with people, mm-hmm. drinking. And then, and then, the then after, after that, it's. I just, ugh, just the phlegm in my mouth. I can taste it. And the cigarette I always, that I would have. Right. <laughs> Every freaking time. Yeah. I only smoke when I drink. Which, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a lot. Right. So. <laughs> I was one of those people that, one, I was always trying to keep up with somebody else who was like bigger than me or drank more than me or, and I say bigger as in like can hold more alcohol or liquor than There's I can. a more seasoned uh, yeah, drinker. Right. Or you a know, heavy drinker, which is, you know, drink not more, an alcoholic. Or it just <laughs> took more to get them drunk than right. it took me, you know, and different so, body chemistry. Yeah, I would match their drinks. And then I was also a fast drinker. Me too. Yeah. So I I was always one of those people where the drunkenness came on really late. Same. Because I would go. It would hit me all at once. I would go from tipsy to shit faced in like 2.5 seconds. And it's because, and I don't know why, it was always just like, oh, it's not enough. I need a little bit more. Like I'm almost there to that perfect feeling of like weightlessness and carelessness. And I just need a little bit more to get there. And I still kind of have that mentality with like cigarettes or nicotine or whatever. I don't smoke anymore, but or like um, THC, marijuana, like I partake in that. It's legal now. Um, Which same I do. Yeah. Not, I mean, I haven't had it since July. It's almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just when I'm because I have two kids, I don't, right. I will not and, do a mind altering thing. And I would also them. like you to know that when your children are here, neither do I. No, I know. It scares the crap out of me. I'm like, no, 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 I can't be intoxicated at all. What if something happens and I need to drive? Like, sure. My wife is here and she's sober, but like, what if something happens to her and I need to drive everybody? Like I Which can't. Which is honestly what got me to where I am. Yeah. Is because I couldn't, after I had my first daughter, I could no longer drink just even a glass of wine without being 
freaking out freaking out yeah so there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of stuff that went along with drinking as soon as I had kids that really just put a different perspective on it for me Mm -hmm. and like we said earlier you know once you know something's not good for you it's hard for you to enjoy it afterwards because the the mystique the whatever has been removed removed. so it's just the veil has been lifted yes thank you the sunglasses are on anyone who gets the they live reference I think I drank this I mean the same reason you did I I don't know if it was self-medicating as much. I did that with other stuff, you know, like drugs. <laughs> yeah, see, I, know, I mean, I, I dabbled, but I never got addicted to drugs yeah, or anything. Yeah. I, I, I loved cigarettes for a long time. I think cigarettes were probably my biggest vice. Like, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I was ever addicted. I think I was to... more of a smoker before I was a drinker. Right. Yes, you know? absolutely. I, I mean, think drinking was just came with smoking honestly and then at the end it was because whenever smoking came after drinking yeah because i stopped smoking when i was starting to get pregnant or trying to get pregnant with my first daughter right so it's like every party you went to where there was alcohol there was also cigarettes or cigars or Mm -hmm. black and mild yeah and i don't i wouldn't say that i was ever addicted to marijuana but i absolutely abused it at a certain point in my life you know and people are like oh you can't be addicted weed blah 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 that's so stupid like you can be addicted to anything anything that you can make habitual that you you know do frequently like i had another roommate who was absolutely like absolutely abused marijuana i mean she would come home in the middle of the day from work and she cut hair and she would get blazed to shit and then drive back to her salon and cut hair and she would also get high like in the back she had one of those vape pins and like it was just like i'm sorry i guess it's just one of those things too with drugs or with marijuana where not everybody like my friend smokes all the time and you would never know she just seems like a normal person she functions so well she gets shit done you know if i didn't know she was smoking or had edibles in her system i just wouldn't know yeah and some people they're like that and if i have anything with marijuana i need to be at least within an hour or two of bedtime right i will be passing out i am now the type of person that if i'm partaking and anything that's like a mind altering substance, I want to enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm going to take an edible or drink a beer and then I'm going to go on a walk outside and enjoy like the weather and look at the clouds right. and the birds and, you know, shit like yeah. that, you know, and I'm not going to do it all the time because again, like we were talking about before, like how, you know, a, it's excessively, too much of a good thing. Yeah. And excessively consuming it kind of makes you numb and it makes you, everything a little blurry, a little out of focus and you don't remember a lot of the details and like so I don't do things in excess or I try not to anymore because I want my life to be vibrant yeah I don't want it to be muddled and And dull and dull and because yeah I think about that a lot like food just tastes so much better now yeah you know I think about all the wine tastings I used to go to with girlfriends or my husband or like water tastes good Mm -hmm. water is delicious I fucking love water yeah and I would have never said that you know, in the times of like my heaviest drinking, you know, I know plenty of people that are normal drinkers and I mean, I am now, but yeah, I, it still takes a lot. Like I, so when I do drink alcohol, I buy like one beer at a time. It'll be high alcohol content, like usually over 6.5, because if I'm going to drink it all, like I'd like to at least get a little buzzed, right. <laughs> you right. know, like other the otherwise, I mean, the flavor is good. I love the taste of beer. See, I don't, yeah, I don't, I I'm don't not, miss that. I'm not a wine drinker. I stay away from hard liquor just because I, like I said, I drink fast, mm-hmm. but if I buy like a six pack of beer or something, I will have to tell myself you can have two tonight, only two. 
And I have had times even in like the past few months where I've had two and I've gone to the fridge to get another one, even picked it up and was like, no, you said that. See, that's amazing. I was always the one like, oh, just one more. Yeah. And that's we've I feel like we were raised kind of to like make excuses and to reward ourselves, like make little steps and then be like, okay, now you can have that cookie. You just did two crunches or Mm. like, you know, like we were very much trained to for instant gratification. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's a that's lot a of human. People. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants everything good to happen right the fuck now. And I mean, that's, of course, understandable. But like we really were taught to like set goals and do the bare minimum and then reward ourselves. And which, you know, didn't work out very well because then we would never get done what we actually wanted to do because right. we already got our reward. But yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for my wife, honestly, I probably would have been an alcoholic. Because she's the one that kind of stepped in and was like, you have a problem and you need to dial it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I, and I think that there are so many people out there that are asking themselves, you know, do I have a problem? Or maybe don't notice the signs. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going on a sober November or sober October or whatever it is, I mean, anytime I hear someone that's like, I'm going on a month cleanse of alcohol, I'm like, ooh, that's what I used to do. You yeah. know, if you have to, if you think that you, if it's a, if it's hard for you to go a whole month, you know, maybe you, reevaluate. Yeah, you might have a little bit of a dependency issue. And I mean, I think that the whole sober month or whatever thing is a really good idea because I'm sure there are a lot it of people. It gives you a good um, kind of segue into, or not segue, but hang on, I was going to pull up some of the things that you can look up yourself if you are wondering. Oh, I've got some some too. resources. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do your resources because I've got more like fun podcasts and Oh, okay. Gotcha. Books. So first off, I want to say all the facts that I spewed out earlier about like the percentage of people 18 and older or like how 14 and a half million people 12 and older were reported to have some sort of alcohol use disorder. Um, I got those from the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Um, so that is a .gov website. So it's legit. Yeah, guys. I didn't pull that off Reddit. I also want to go ahead and say, like, if if you do think that you or someone you know may be struggling with alcohol or substance abuse and you need some help or you're looking for some information or you don't really know how to, like, approach it, there are hotlines. Uh, One in particular is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration hotline. Um, You can go to samhsa.gov. Or you can call 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. And that's a 24-7 hotline where people are there to just kind of answer your questions. Um, They can help you find resources in your area for like group meetings, AA meetings. Um, I know that they can also help you find like scholarships or financial aid if you need to go into recovery and you can't afford it because it is really fucking expensive, expensive. um, which is ridiculous. And then the ones that aren't expensive or that are free or court appointed aren't as good or as inclusive, I guess, or just not as like they don't specifically pay attention to the individual it's more of a like a group thing they just treat you all as one rather than trying to figure out your particular like problems i guess or issues um but yeah so there's help so again that's s-a-m-h-s-a the substance abuse and mental health services administration samhsa.gov or 1-800-662-HELP 
That's 1-800-662-4357. So what do you have? Uh, Well, something that I did when I first started dabbling with no longer drinking or just taking a break or going on a month cleanse, because I was that person that was like, I need to take a sober October. No, nothing wrong with that. Taking a break from alcohol does not mean you have a problem. Although October is probably like the worst month to do it considering all the October Well, sober January I think is what it is because it's like the first month of the year and people are usually on like a health kick anyway. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier to to do it. Um, But anyway, when I first started thinking about getting, you know, rid of alcohol in my life, I started listening to podcasts. I wanted to hear other people's stories, especially um, people that I related to like moms or women in general because Mm -hmm. men didn't, their stories stories I didn't always jive with. It was a little bit different. Uh, But some podcasts that I listen to that have a lot of women on there sharing their stories are The Bubble Hour with Jean McCarthy. And you can find this wherever you listen to podcasts. There's also, it's no longer an active podcast, but you can listen to their old episodes. It's called Home with Lauren McCowan and Holly Whitaker. They both also wrote books on their experiences with alcohol and alcoholism and giving it up, which I'll mention later. And then a podcast that is still going, which I am a obsessed with and love is Seltzer Squad with Jess and Kate. Uh, They're amazing, really down to earth. I love their podcast. It's great. It really has helped me. There's also Keep Coming Back with Mike S. It is, um, he speaks with people in AA. And it's interesting. I did not have a good experience in AA. um, But don't let that sway you from going to AA because you have to just try a bunch of different meetings to find your group of people. Unfortunately, where I live, the fellowship, it's a lot of older women. And I just, I had nothing in common with them. I felt weird talking to them about my problems. And I did some, since I stopped drinking alcohol during the pandemic, all of my meetings were online. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that was part of my problem and why I didn't connect very well is because you didn't have that human, real human interaction where right. you're in a room with someone feeling, you know, different body heat and actually being able to feel and see someone's emotions in and real like life. And like look them in the eye. Look them in the eye, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, the online deal, I, I wonder if that's part of my problem. At some point, if I find myself needing more fellowship, I, I would try out something and where we live, there's a women's group that I tried out. It was pretty cool, but again, all online. I kind of went off topic there, but keep coming back. He does interviews with men and women, so you can just kind of scroll through the episodes, find someone. He puts the age, which is really helpful, and their amount of time sober, so you can kind of connect with it on a on that basis. Some books to read. I'm going to start with This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. She really does a great job at breaking down alcohol into its like scientific state and how it affects your body, you know, more on like a molecular level, I guess, Mm -hmm. rather than... That's really smart because like a lot of people don't, they can't, they need proof. Like it needs to be... And it's great because it's like, for me, it was like when I watched this one documentary where it showed you where you get your meat from and it's like, oh yeah, I'm never doing that again. Um, Fun little tidbit, her husband... I guess when she wrote the book, he's just a normal drinker and he read the book and has never drank again. Or at least the last time she told that story, he hadn't picked up, just had no desire to drink anymore because he knew what it was doing to his body. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's This Naked Mind. If you just really want to know what alcohol does to your body, read that. Um, There's also We Are the Luckiest by Laura McCowan, which again, she was on that home podcast. Um, Really great. Highlight Reel by Emily Lynn Paulson. She also does a... I want to say it's 30 days, maybe it's even just a week um, where she, you can go to her website or just Google her name, Emily Lynn Paulson, and you can find a little journal that you can print out and it like ask you daily questions and um, it's like a workbook. 
workbook and she yeah. sends emails daily or you know they're automated mm-hmm. emails but just kind like of checking it yeah. Kind of thing. yeah um and you can sign up for like retreats and stuff like that with her and different like online courses even if you need something more concrete and structural, structural yeah. yeah than just a podcast i know that there are options like that and she seems like a really neat woman i think that's all of my suggestions that i had I guess the biggest thing I want everyone to know is that alcohol is so easily available and I feel like so many people have issues with it that it's really so common and shouldn't make you feel so guilty and ashamed. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that's really not talked about. It's kind of shushed in a way. Yeah, it's taboo for sure. It's taboo. And I still deal with a lot of shame and a lot of anxiety around my past drinking behavior, but it is getting better. And Mm -hmm. since I stopped drinking, my life has gotten amazing. It was already so good, but I couldn't see it. Yeah. I just was so, when I think about my drinking, I just feel like my brain was so chaotic and running at a million miles per hour. And since stopping drinking, getting a therapist, having an actual psychologist really dive into my brain for me and figure out what I needed. You know, we tried different things too. It wasn't like an immediate, here's your pills, go take this. Like there was a, there was a whole year of me. Well, because it's not uniform it's like not. everybody is not the same our it's brains not are all gonna made be differently easy. they're wired differently like we process things differently whether by nature or nurture like we're just all different and you know it's it's not like if you think you have a problem with alcohol please get help even if you want to reach out to us you can email yeah. us again it's pam and v that's v-e-e at weareallfine.com. I would love to talk with you. I don't have that many people in my life that don't drink, um, like friend-wise, and I would love to make connections. And um, Or if you're just curious and you are have, you know, maybe experienced some of the things that we've talked about and you're wondering, oh God, like for the first time in your life that you might have, you know, some unhealthy relationship with alcohol. It's like, fixable. It, it is. is so fixable. It is. And if you need to talk to somebody and you can't find any help or any resources, please, please email us like we will get you connected with something we'll find something for you like again we're not professionals but we are not a doctor no not a doctor not a therapist um i mean not even a counselor it's just we're but i think we can both agree that that's one of the reasons we wanted to start this is being able to share our experiences and hopefully hope or hopefully help other people in the process yeah so i'd love to hear from you absolutely and Just remember, guys, we are all fine, but not really.